Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope everybody is doing well. Uh, what a weekend it was. I am pissed off to some extent about what took place in the conference championship games this week. But nonetheless, we do have our final two teams in the Super Bowl matchup. And, you know... At this point, I don't even remember the Super Bowl 54, 55. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I just know that we have a game, and it is quite a game. Two teams that did play each other this earlier this season, and hey, um, the defending Super Bowl champions going for a repeat. Biggest storyline there, of course, home team, home Super Bowl. That's also in place. So I'll get into that. And a little bit later, but I want to start off by recapping the NFC Championship game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. So the Buccaneers defeated the Packers 31 to 26. What a game this turned out to be! Wasn't looking so promising early on, but the way they finished and ended, boy, was there a lot of drama, a lot of things that I did not like. And boy, was it just something that you just wished the Green Bay Packers would have found a way to win with the greatest quarterback at the or greatest quarterback talent, I would say, in the position. Someone who's been knocking on the door for years and years. And man, this was the one game where that defense, that defense showed up in previous NFC Championship games the Packers played. That defense never played this way. They still couldn't get it done. So I'll get into that a bit. But what I was really disappointed with uh, was the Packers' offense uh, and the way they executed, especially late in this game. I mean, of course, you got to give the Buccaneers credit where they stepped up and made some stops. But, you know, this is Aaron Rodgers, this is uh, his offense. A team that has been at home, played their best football, and that O-line just had to mess up and not protect Aaron Rodgers enough, and Rodgers just could not make plays. Guys dropped the football, especially a two-pointer, which was a huge thing in this game, um, but it's just not a good way to execute, especially the way they were getting momentum. So the Bucks defense uh, was great, actually, in this game. They showed up. As I had mentioned last week in one of my keys for their victory, their defense had to show up, and they actually played a pretty good game in the first half. Uh, you know, they played especially great in the first half. It was physical. The referees let the referees let these two teams play pretty much the entire game in the first half with no penalties whatsoever. I think, and then things just changed. The Buccaneers' defense was great. Um, Especially in stopping the Packers when they were trying to score and tie the game at 14. Held them to a field goal. Um, and then, I mean, you know, getting that interception off Aaron Rodgers, which was a pretty good thrown ball. But, I mean, that DB just made a great play on it. Um, so, you know, Todd Bowles, great game plan he had because he really mixed it up against Aaron Rodgers in the first half. Um definitely got 
the Packers playing out their style, out their way they used to play. Um, and, you know, that defense stepped up on two critical possessions, or I would say probably three, uh, you know, two or three possessions in the fourth quarter to really hold on to this victory. Now, the Packers' defense, um, they give up a touchdown late at the end of the second quarter. That was a huge momentum killer for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, how do you let that happen? Brady found Scotty Miller down the field for a touchdown. The Packers were down 21-10 at the half. And then, to make it worse, um, at the beginning of the third quarter in this game, uh, you had that, you know, unfortunate big hit on, uh, I think it was on Aaron Jones or something like that, fumble, and, you know, it became quickly 28 to 10. You know, it was really uh, a bad start. But that defense of the Packers really stepped up in a crucial time where I think in three straight possessions in the second half, they got interceptions off Tom Brady. Three straight interceptions, I believe. They were driving and driving, and man, that defense just kept on making plays. And Rodgers was able to make some plays and get momentum going in the third, excuse me, the third quarter. But after that, I mean, it just came down to some chippy play, some questionable play calls, which I'll get into a little bit, and just not the way that I thought that the game would finish, especially with the way that that defense had really got him back on track so the Buccaneers defense got points they got turnovers they got points off the of takeaways the Packers on the other hand weren't able to get much points out of their turnovers I think they only got maybe three or six points off turnovers if I remember correctly or so- something along those lines I think early on they weren't able to do as well so the, I think the Packers were two, two of four um, in the red zone um, I believe, or something along those lines. So it was kind of surprising to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers not tie the game at 14 when it was clearly looking that way, but they didn't get it done, and then the thing happened like that. But Brady never throws three interceptions in a game. It's very rare that he does that. And somehow the Packers were able to make plays. I mean, Brady threw some passes. Some were good, some were not so good. But the Packers defense gave Aaron Rodgers plenty of opportunities in this game. Uh, look at the overall numbers for this game. Brady, uh, 280 yards passing, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, three touchdowns, 346 yards passing, one interception. And here's the biggest thing that I did not like and which I'm really pissed off about. I wonder why in the hell did Matt LaFleur not go for it? On fourth down and goal with 205 left in the fourth quarter. They were down 31 to 23. And that had happened after the Packers defense held the Buccaneers to a field goal. So Rob Gronkowski, who you know came back to play for Tom Brady, they schemed a great play open for for uh, Gronkowski on a screen where he got plenty of space in front of him and he made a huge catch with a 29-yard catch. And then after that, Packers were able to hold him to a field goal. But that was a huge turning point in the game. That field goal was a big-time kick by the Buccaneers kicker. Why in the hell did Matt LaFleur not 
go for it. It was 31 to 23. 2-5 left in the fourth quarter in the NFC Championship game. You know what's on the line. The way that Brady was playing. You do not give Tom Brady the chance with the football with 2-5 left in the game. You got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron freaking Rodgers. I don't know what the fuck did Matt LaFleur think that he was going to do. Put up points and hope for the best. And yes, I said it. <laughs> I hope my viewers listen that like that sound bite. You do not do that. You do not do that. Yes, the defense was playing well. Yes, the Packers defense had played well up to that point. But you don't know what's going to happen. You got to make the most of your possessions. And making that decision wasn't the right thing to do. Yes, you had three timeouts. And yes, you had the chance to, you know, make it happen. But in these kind of pivotal close games, in these types of close games, anything can happen. And at that point, it was getting chippy. The referees, for some reason, started doing things that we absolutely hate them seeing do. Started calling penalties. And you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Your quarterback. Put the ball in his fucking hands. Put the ball in his fucking hands. At least give him a chance to tie that game. Kick the field goal, make it 31-26. And then the Buccaneers get the football, and they're able to, um, you know, get a fresh set of downs after the Packers purposely did the offsides penalty, so they could, you know, make sure the Bucks couldn't use their clock. But the biggest game, biggest decision, biggest thing that this game came down to was that third down in play, where Brady threw it to I think it was Tyler Johnson, and all game long. They were letting these wide receivers play, not calling too many penalties. And so on a third down play, they called a defensive pass interference on Kevin King, the cornerback, for grabbing the jersey of Tyler Johnson. On a crucial third down and play, the home team, the referees did that, made that decision so late. The penalty flag came in like seven seconds after the play. Made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Now it was the right call. But boy, the timing was so bad that it was a bad call. It was a bad call. And these referees should be ashamed of themselves. Should be ashamed of themselves because they <laughs> messed it up, man. You know, he you know, it, it, going back to the re- review, you know, there was a grab. But it wasn't that flagrant to the point where you call a pass interference call. You let the wide receiver make that play. Let that wide receiver make that play. Let them play it. It's the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl on the line. Trip to Super Bowl on the line. Let the guys play. And instead, the referees pulled out the penalty. And man, uh, it was such a bad thing to see happen. And so, Matt LaFleur, you cannot do that in that situation, man. Even if you wanted to get the points, right? Agree that you wanted to make it a five point game. Well, in that case, I mean, you look at your defense, and they had really worked you your way. They had really worked, you know, the way back into the game. You had multiple possessions, too many chances at the end. 
And here's one thing that people probably did not or did not see, but Aaron Rodgers had a chance to run for a touchdown. If anybody goes back and looks at that third down play, um, if anybody goes back and looks at looks at the closing moments of this game, Aaron Rodgers could have ran for the touchdown. He could have definitely done that. Could have definitely done that. He had open field in front of him. Instead, he threw it incomplete, and then they just kicked the field goal. And uh, I just this was really bad to see. I just really hurt because. The Packers' defense was playing out of their mind, and Matt LaFleur has to know there's Tom Brady on the other side. They're going to try to be aggressive passing the ball, running the football, and they know that they're going to try to get the ball to the wide receivers, and the Bucks just kind of made it happen. They sold it to the referee, and the referee just made a really, you know, this was a really bad, whack kind of call. I absolutely hate to see a game end on a pass interference penalty. Fucking hate it. I do not like seeing that happen, especially when a game is on the line. You do not make that call as a referee. But they did, and that was the end of the game. So the Buccaneers got fortunate. They got lucky, but they did show up and play a big game. And I got to give them credit only in the sense that their defense, which I didn't have a lot of trust in this season, made some statements, made some plays. Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, um, they deserve huge credit. Todd Bowles with an exceptional job. No matter how fortunate that they, that they got, you know, at some spots, they did limit Aaron Rodgers to an extent. They did force him out of his comfort zone in the pocket, and they really crumbled that Packers offensive line in the closing moments of this game. So you got to give it up to them because they came in with a plan. They had the lead. They had the game in their favor pretty much the entire way. Even when the Packers were able to score back-to-back touchdown drives, uh, they just were not able to do a good job. And like I said, that two-point conversion attempt was really a a big drop by St. Brown. Rodgers threw it right in his Belly, he just dropped it. So there were key drops by the Packers in this game. Devontae Adams had an okay game. Played well enough, but they did double coverage him a lot throughout this game. Lazard, I think, played well. Um, or Scantling, one of those two played. But Packers definitely didn't get, like, a monster, monster receiving game from everybody. And definitely the biggest thing of all, Aaron Jones, you know, having to go out of the game due to a chest injury was really a tough thing for Green Bay Packers to see because the Packers did not run the football well enough. Uh, they couldn't establish that running game. And I did not realize the Bucks have a number one defense in the run defense. So that was something that the Packers weren't able to get going. Uh, that really hurt Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and that defense to some extent as well because they had to be on the field a lot more than they wanted to be. Uh, but both teams were playing it fair. I mean... It was just a uh, really competitive game. I mean, it got really, really exciting and had us, you know, really on the edge of our seats in terms of the score and what could have happened. Um, and the Packers just didn't deliver. I was really confident in the Packers delivering at home in this NFC title game. And 
to see Aaron Rodgers not get it done, that Matt LaFleur to make that decision making, that coach, that decision that he made, absolutely the worst thing they, that Matt LaFleur could have done. It's your quarterback on the other side. You got the greatest quarterback in Green Bay. And you just do not give him a chance on fourth and goal. Anything could have happened on a fourth and goal play down 31 to 23. But instead, you kick the field goal. And that's just not being aggressive. Not being aggressive enough. And when it comes to the NFC Championship game, it's all about being aggressive, making plays when you have to make plays. And the Packers did not execute. And Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of blame for this. And Rodgers to a certain extent as well. Even though Rodgers played well statistically, I look at those possessions in the fourth quarter when they were down 28-23 after that defense had got like interception after interception looking at Aaron Rodgers offensive line and I know that Aaron Jones wasn't in the game and Devontae Adams was struggling but you know you saw the Packers get some big plays down the field to get this game back in the right direction for them um, you know with Robert Tonian and Lazard and Scandling I mean they had their chances, and they just not, did not execute. The Bucks were able to have a good performance from Leonard Fournette, who ran the football pretty well, had some nice runs in this game. Uh, he provided a nice boost, although both running games weren't a ma- major factor in this game, but they were important just for the sense of the Packers. If they had Aaron Jones out there, it could have been different. But then again, injuries are part of the game, and there's no excuses in the NFC Championship game. The Bucks kind of lost, they lost their you know, two starting safeties in this game. So all in well, the Bucks were able to step up and make it happen um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Godwin played well. Evans, to a certain extent, Miller and Johnson played extremely well. And you know, it was a really good game. I just hate to see. A game end like on a pass interference call. Absolutely freaking hate it. It's just a really bad thing to see. And screw Tom Brady, man. Fuck Tom Brady. I just think that we've seen Tom Brady play so many times in the Super Bowl. I've been, you know, he is the GOAT, best quarterback ever to play the game. And he's 43 years old, and I was just like, man, again, I have to freaking, fucking turn on my screen again a couple of weeks and watch another Super Bowl Sunday with Tom Brady in this game. I was just like, I mean, he just really has everything he has, you know, he just has everything going for him, and he's been so great over the years, and I've rooted against him so many times. I just did not want to see him get another chance to play in the Super Bowl, but now... It is that case, and whether people like it or not, Tom Brady has really proven a lot this season with the kind of season he had, and to be in the big game once again, I mean, you got to give credit a lot to Bruce Arians, Brian Leftwich, Todd Bowles, and the Buccaneers front office for going out there, being able to win this game. They They didn't have Antonio Brown even in this game, and they still won this game. And cold weather condition, went on the road and beat Aaron Rodgers. I feel really bad for Aaron Rodgers, man. This might have been his one of his best shots to make it to the Super Bowl, and 
I was rooting for a home home Super Bowl, uh, you know, uh, number one seed, number one seed matchup in the Super Bowl. Instead, the Buccaneers will become the first team now to play in their Super Bowl home stadium. Super Bowl will be in Tampa Bay. They're the home team technically, so that's a, a record in itself. Um, but man, this game was just something else, man. I just absolutely hated seeing the result be this way. Um, but now, you know, it's all about seeing what happens um, going forward. I mean, I'm still probably at this point, I'm not going to make my pick yet, but I think people who have been listening to me know where I'm going to go with, with my pick for the Super Bowl. Uh, but an overall great game uh, just wasn't the way that I thought it would end. And the Packers and Matt LaFleur. The decision making on that fourth down will be talked about a long time in Green Bay. Um, and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are advancing to the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady has his defense to thank a lot, um, especially with, with, with the way they played early in this game and got them to the lead. Because if they were playing from behind, it would be a totally different story. This is the entry country game game, you know, momentum goes both ways. The Packers. Didn't have any momentum going in the first half. The Buccaneers did. Then the Packers rediscovered their momentum. And then the fourth quarter, it was just chippy. A lot of interesting calls both ways. Penalties could have been called. Um, and the Bucks were able to survive uh, the Packers and their inability to execute and take advantage of opportunities, the turnovers that they had in this game. So now I want to recap the AFC Championship game that took place yesterday. And that was a much better game and feeling compared to the NFC Championship game, which everybody knows how I already feel about that already. So the Chiefs were able to beat the Buffalo Bills 38-24. to uh, like I said, this was a much-needed game to see uh, just because of the road team winning the first conference game of the, of the, you know, the NFL Sunday. So, you know, you had the Bills and the Chiefs, two teams that squared off earlier this season. And we know that kind of year that Josh Allen was having, Patrick Mahomes, um, the Chiefs, you know, kind of, rallied behind Chad Henney when last week or the prior week when they had to face the Cleveland Browns uh, Mahomes got hurt and you know his status was kind of interesting heading into this game but a good week of practice and a good week of just reports and you know this game was you know it got off to an interesting start because Buffalo seemed to have uh, taking advantage of one uh, special teams mistake by McCall Hardman, which gave them a nine-point cushion to start off in the first quarter. In the, in the first quarter, the Bills were better because they were able to run the ball, actually. They did run the football very well. Uh, but they, they ran it an, uh, a decent amount, but not to the way that we've accustomed to see teams run the football you know the Bills 
might have got 67 yards rushing, something like that, which is an okay number, but when you're playing the Chiefs at Arrowhead, you can't ball control and you can't keep them off the field, then you're gonna get blitzed. And that's exactly what happened to the Buffalo Bills as a team. Uh, the Chiefs, once they score, they kept on scoring pretty much. Um, you know, it was a very dominant performance by Patrick Mahomes and his sporting cast. Now, there's been the argument made about Patrick Mahomes is that, you know, he's only great because of the talent that he has around him. Now, that can that is true to a certain extent because you do have Hill, you do have Kelsey, you do have all these wide receivers. Um, but, you know, if anybody really has watched Mahomes and his growth throughout his career... Nobody ever thought that he could be a great passer, a great, you know, gunslinger of the football. And he's turned out to be that way. So, yes, he's got the supporting cast. Yes, he's got that. But he's the one making the throws, extending plays. And he's been really good um, this season and the prior season before that. Yes, with his play style sometimes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, his running backs can't bail him out. But he's made plenty of big-time throws and big-time games. And he's really stepped up and proven his worth to the Chiefs, which is why he is the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. And so he put up three touchdowns, 225 yards. He just made excellent throws all game long. He had to get the ball out quickly, as I said, in space. He had to really make sure that he didn't let the Bills get too many shots on him. Which I don't think the Chiefs, I don't think the Bills even got more than a sack or two on him. Um, and the, speed, the Chiefs' speed and their offense, the speed of their offense really outmaxed the Buffalo Bills' defense. The Bills could not tackle. They could not stop Tyreek Hill, Kelsey. Uh, most of the throws that Mahomes made were in somewhat of a traffic, but. Yards after the catch and being able to extend drives is what the Chiefs do best. And the Bills never really got close because they were up 9-0 and then the Chiefs scored 21 points straight. 21 points straight before Buffalo had a chance to answer actually at the end of the second half. And once again, another coaching kind of error. Although McDermott, I'll give him credit. You know, he obviously is his first kind of postseason kind of thing. And they had beaten the Coles, they beaten the Ravens. But, you know, you're down 21 to 9 to start off. You know, you're, you're down 21 to 9 and you're, you're, you know, you're driving and you got to go for it in that situation. You know, fourth and goal, 9 to 21, knowing how the Chiefs' offense was playing. You know, you've got to be able to put up more than three points. Field goals are not going to beat the Chiefs. And the Bills were not aggressive enough, I feel, uh, when they had to be aggressive. They had their chances. They definitely had their chances to make this game interesting. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't execute and they had to. And they kind of got behind. Um, which, when you're playing from behind, you have to abandon the run, fling the football. Although, you got to give credit to the Chiefs' defense for at least keeping Josh Allen in check. I mean, you know, he didn't have that much of success getting the ball down the field. Now, Cole Beasley actually played with an injury, leg you know, injury. 
Um, Stefan Diggs was okay to a certain extent, but he, he didn't have a touchdown. He didn't have that kind of performance that we thought he would have. Um, and you look at the other kind of weapons that Josh Allen does have. Gabriel Davis never really stepped up as much, and McKenzie was okay-ish. So the Bills definitely in the offseason have to get another talent out, you know, to pair with Stefan Diggs on the outside because they didn't have much to go to on the outside. The Chiefs blitzed uh, the Buffalo Bills well. They got Josh Allen off his spot a couple of times. He made, you know, Allen actually himself took a couple of key sacks um, trying to extend plays, which was not smart to do in a playoff game when you're trailing, and that also kind of hurt the Buffalo Bills in some way overall. But, you know, it's all about the impact, and the Chiefs just had, you know, Tyreek Hill had over 100 yards receiving, Kelsey the same thing, and the Buffalo Bills defense failed to get a turnover. The only turnover they got was a special teams turnover, in which you know Hardman didn't, uh, you know, hold, you know, get, receive, receive the ball correctly. Um, but outside of that, Buffalo's pass rush, their defense just cannot stop anything the Chiefs threw at them. You gotta give credit to Andy Reid and Eric, you know, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, for just really good, doing a good job of keeping. Um, Keeping things, you know, great for Mahomes, getting the ball in space, uh, good throws all the way around. As for the Bills, I mean, Brian Dabble, still a great offensive coordinator. Um, remains to be seen if he will get hired. It doesn't seem likely, but it could happen. You never know. Could happen. Um, but, you know, the running game wasn't there when it was supposed to be there. Um, the running game wasn't there as much, and Josh Allen only throwing for about I think 280 yards, not good enough. I thought Knox would be much of a, more of a factor in this game. I think he did catch a score, but I thought Knox would do much more in this game. I thought he would emerge as one of those tight ends for the Buffalo Bills to really do a good job, um, but they didn't have anything going to him. Uh, which really hurt their offense in a big way. And like I said, the Bills weren't aggressive enough. They had a chance at the end of the second half, end of the second quarter to put points up. They made a field goal, and then at the start of the third quarter, get down 24 to 12, I think, at that point. Um, you weren't able to score a touchdown at that point either. So, you know, those things kind of come into the play, and you know. The Bills just never made it interesting at all. The Chiefs were dominant in this game because they led this game from be, from ahead pretty much after the, the 9-0 uh, deficit they faced early on. And they just kind of squashed it away. They wiped that temporary lead by the Bills away just like that. Uh, it was I mean, it was kind of like a, you know, a memory of like what happened last year when the, when the Texans got off a 24 lead, 24 to nothing lead, and... You know, the Chiefs scored like 31 straight or something like that. So the Chiefs are capable of putting up points in a hurry, putting up at a, a fast pace, uh, you know, getting the ball down the field much better than, than a lot of other teams this postseason. They've done that extremely, extremely well. And they were just much better. 
much better as a group than the Bills were. The Buffalo defense was the strength of this team, especially considering how they played against Lamar Jackson. Uh, they gave up 439 yards of offense. Like I said, one sack. Um, not the best thing overall to see from the Buffalo Bills defense. That was much better than people I had thought. But in this game, Leslie Frazier and that defense had no answer for Mahomes and that offense. The Chiefs defense had four sacks. Andy Reid was, you know, really great in getting scheming open, uh, you know, Kelsey and Hill. And overall, they were just more in sync, more and better because they obviously have the championship game experience. You know, you have that kind of experience, then you're going to be really prepared for anything. And I think that experience really played a factor. Chiefs knowing that, you know, they had this AFC championship game, game, you know, the third straight year. You know, they were they were definitely looking to make something happen, you know, obviously. Uh, knowing that it was on the line and now they are headed back to the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl 55 now. All set um, to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what will be an epic matchup for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I can't wait for that. But, you know, Mahomes, Andy Reid... Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator. These guys are really experienced in a lot of areas, uh, especially Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. And the Bills had a really good season. I was picking against them, um, you know, in this game, obviously. I just really wanted to see Mahomes win and get back-to-back appearances in the Super Bowl. Overall, they played pretty well enough to be a team that will be a, a threat in the AFC next year for sure um, I definitely think that their running game and their they need a second wide receiver out there if they really want to make things happen in that offense Allen showed some good signs this year one thing that he definitely has to do is be much better in terms of handling certain things being smart with the football I think because in this game I think he really pressed some areas um, quite a bit I think some of the field, uh, some of the sacks that he took on him, came on himself. Um, so you know he's got a lot of a lot of work through, but he showed enough to be one of those quarterbacks next year that will definitely be in the hunt again for the MVP conversation. Uh, and look at the Chiefs' defense: Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Sorson. These guys are the ones that can make an impact and play great defense. And so, you know, the Chiefs will be looking to make history, obviously, in Super Bowl 55 with uh, knowing that the last team to win back-to-back champions was the New England Patriots, I think back in 03-04 or 04-05. And so we know what's on the line. It's Mahomes and Brady. My early thoughts on the Super Bowl 55 matchup, you know, Mahomes and Brady battling it out on the grandest stage. Um, Super Bowl 55 is going to be really epic to see how things you know come up. Obviously, Andy Reid um, being um, in a couple of Super Bowls now, obviously, if I remember correctly. And you, know, you look at the injuries actually on both sides is pretty significant, as well as um, 
you know, the Bucks have two safeties that will probably uh, have to go through a lot of uh, protocols and things to play. The Chiefs may be without, without their starting two left tackle, uh, they're starting two tackles in this game as I think Eric Fisher is out with an Achilles. So there are going to be some interesting uh, adjustments on both sides, how to really protect their quarterback, how to get their defense to be pretty good. But it's an exciting matchup, you know. You got two defensive minds in Todd Bowles and Steve Spagnuolo. Um, we're going to get get a chance to showcase their abilities as a defensive coordinator in the Super Bowl. Bruce Arians, who has been around the Steelers and the Colts, you know, gets a chance to be on this stage now. And like I said, the biggest thing is the Chiefs are looking to be back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Tampa Bay is trying to be the first team ever to win a home Super Bowl. Uh, the stakes couldn't be higher. It's a compelling matchup. It's not the one that I was anticipating. I really want to see Aaron Rodgers on the other side. But, like I said, it is what it is. I've already cussed out Tom Brady. Cussed out the result of this game that happened on Sunday. So, it's all said and done. I mean, it's going to be a great matchup. I mean, Mahomes is going to have to really go through the best uh, quarterback of all time to you know make his mark in the league. And this game will definitely be a different game. Uh, you know, compared to week six, week seven, when, when they placed off each other, I think it was either it was somewhere along those lines. Week eleven, week you know, they played each other, and the Chiefs won that game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how both teams kind of go about their business in that one. But we have you know a couple of weeks now until that happens. Um, so can't wait to break down a bunch of key matchups, key storylines. As the week, as the days go along, um, but you know, I was definitely say that you know, we got a matchup in which both teams are pretty equipped um, to go for a shootout to play any kind of football. So it could be a really exciting game. Has the potential to be a game, uh, you know, a very tight game as well if things go right on both sides. Um, both offenses are pretty good. The Chiefs obviously have a much better. Uh, chemistry I would say or um, I would say in terms of like getting making making things happen I've seen more from the Chiefs obviously because they've been together a little bit longer than Tom Brady and the Bucks have but we know that Brady has that experience of being in many Super Bowls um, so he is going to be in his prime uh, spot and eyes will be on Mahomes Brady, um, and especially these wide receivers, um, who you know, like like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and definitely the defenses in this game will be absolutely crucial. The Bucks defense has proven something here in the postseason now, uh, and they're going to go up against Patrick Mahomes now, who will definitely be looking to have a repeat performance the way he did. Um, you know, earlier this season, but the Chiefs' offense is so explosive that you know I wouldn't be surprised if this game gets you know really high scoring early. Um, but it's going to be a lot of things to get into. But I'm excited about this matchup. I can't wait to see Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady go at it. But I'm more excited in the possibility of seeing Mahomes 
Um, seeing Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid try to make history um, because that in itself, winning back-to-back Super Bowl titles would be mean a huge thing. Would mean a huge thing for Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, and as for the as for the Buccaneers, there are they are playing at home in front of their home crowd, home fans. Will be nothing better than for Mahomes and the Chiefs to go in there and give them a game to remember. Um, so should be fun. I'll be uh, back with another episode of Real Sports Talk uh, tomorrow. Recapping some NBA stuff, uh, other sporting news around the world, and I will be getting into some of the topics, like I said, about NFL coaching, some of the reports that have come out about some certain quarterbacks who may be on the trade market. I'll definitely get into some of the college basketball stuff as well, um, and definitely do check out, um, you know, my YouTube channel. Sports Talk Podcast by Naraj. You can find it on YouTube. Definitely will be trying to come up with more videos if I do get the time. But looking forward to another great week of content. And until then, everybody enjoy the rest of your day and evening.